0: And welcome, I'm Uri.
1: And I'm Rivki, and you're listening to Talk Tachlis, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. So we have a special guest this week. It's actually someone who we've been talking about for the past few weeks. And because this is actually is going to be a long conversation, let's just get straight into it.
0: Our guest this week is Amir Zahir. How was that? <laughs> I tried. That was pretty good. That's okay, right? Okay. <laughs> Amir Zahir, or Amir Zar, is a Palestinian-Arab-American comedian, speaker, writer, academic, and adjunct professor of law. He draws on his experiences growing up as a child of Palestinian refugees, performing and lecturing on topics like politics, society, culture, identity, Palestine, Islam, and more. In 2016 and 2020, Amer served as a surrogate for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Amer has performed throughout North America, Canada, Europe, and the Arab world, and he has produced and headlined in three of his own comedy tours, A 1001 Laughs Comedy Tour, We're Not White, and In 1948. He also headlined a Palestinian comedy show at Carnegie Hall in Manhattan. He founded and produces the annual 1001 Laughs Ramallah Comedy Festival, a production in Palestine that features numerous comedians and shows, premiering in August 2015. The festival entertains over 2,000 locals annually, and it still goes on today. He has been featured on numerous news outlets, including CNN, BBC, Haaretz, Al Hura, Palestine Today, Watan TV, Ma Network, 972 Mag, Palestine News Network, Sky News, and others. So, Amer thank you so much for joining us today for what I hope will be a productive and interesting conversation.
2: Thank you so much.
0: So, Amer, uh, before we even start with any questions, I want to give you a compliment, okay? And this is 100% genuine. Mm. Um, I've okay. watched and read a ton of your stuff um, online, on your website, YouTube, whatever, and I genuinely admire the pride and allegiance that you have for your people, for your community, um, Palestinian community, the Arab American community. So I really just want to start with that and uh, get that out of the way.
2: All right. I appreciate that. Let's get the compliments out of the way. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes.
2: (laughs) Before we start. No, No, I appreciate that.
1: So, Amrit, the first reason we wanted to speak to you was because a tweet of yours from a few weeks ago that I know that you heard a lot of response to. We saw it definitely running among our community, a lot of people sharing it and talking about it, and we wanted to really just talk about it. So I'm going to read the tweet out loud, and then I would love for us to be able to have a discussion about it. This was from December 7th, so that was two weeks ago from the date of this recording. Just a reminder, Christmas is a Palestinian holiday celebrating the birthday of a Palestinian who fought against occupation in Palestine. Merry Palestinian Christmas. So, Amir, there's so much to talk about there. I can confess
2: confess to writing that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Thank you for your honesty. We love getting really raw here. (laughs) So, so I, we, and Uri and I actually, last week and two weeks ago, we discussed this tweet we were talking about what does he mean by this? What does he mean by that? Before even asking questions, I would love if you just wanted to expand on it, explain it a little bit, or if you think it just stands for itself, let it rest. What what do you think?
2: Well, first, let's start with a couple sort of like general foundational things. Just because you call something, something, or you say it like, um, is part of a, a, a people's culture or history doesn't mean you're making an exclusive comment. In other words, that doesn't mean it's not part of another people's culture or history. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Um, and Jesus, of course, has been interpreted, you know, he's the most famous man in the history of the world. So he's been interpreted by many people in many different ways. Um, I have, you know, read, I have a master's degree in Middle East and North African studies, where of course we studied that period of time in that region. I'm not a, a uh, um, uh, a sort of like a specialist in it, but I've read a number of books on Jesus and, um, you know, to call him someone who, you know, fought against Roman occupation of Palestine, I don't think is far-fetched at all. And uh, obviously that holiday comes from the history of our part of the world. So that's why you call it a Palestinian holiday. I know that it was Created somewhere else and much after the time of Jesus. But, you know, it was it, it comes from the things that happened in our part of the world. And, um, yes, he, he was Palestinian. And again, calling him Palestinian is not to say that he wasn't other things, too. I did, I've i made a video about this before mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Jesus the Palestinian on Instagram, which is like right. an eight minute short movie on the history of of Jesus. And it's not a complete history either. But, um, you know, he was Palestinian among other things. Mm -hmm.
0: So I, I saw that video and I get what you're saying. And by your definition of Palestinian, I don't disagree that Jesus was a Palestinian. My question is, obviously, what does that mean and what is the significance of it and what is the motivation for saying it in those words in that way? but i'll start with saying like did jesus know he was palestinian did he identify as palestinian is palestine mentioned in in the new testament or the old testament and does any of that factor in or matter in your calculation
2: well you know a lot of scholars have actually written that back then people didn't really identify much they definitely didn't identify much with nationalities or nationalisms as the way we understand them today okay Mm -hmm. that's for sure i mean there were no Immigration officers. There was no border patrol. You know right. those things didn't really exist. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. and, passports. And people
2: would get, yeah, passports, <laughs> and people would get conquered pretty easily and pretty often back then too. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know we definitely can't look at it in the same sort of way as we understand those things today. Um, we do know that, for instance, would he have called himself Judean? Probably not. You know, he was from he was born in Judea. If we take everything again, if we take everything in sacred text as history, which, again, is another question altogether. Right. Fine. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he existed as a person. I think scholars pretty much agree on that. I mean, if you want to say Judean, um,
0: some form of Jewish, Jewish, Judean, Israelite, he, he would have identified for sure as one of those. Of no? course. Okay. Yeah, of course. Fine. I mean,
2: you know, when I say he wouldn't have identified as Judean, we we also know back at that time, Judea was a um a, a sort of region mm-hmm. okay uh, mm-hmm. and he was born in bethlehem for mm-hmm. reasons that you know we don't have to get into now but he a, a, which was in judea a sort of recognized region of judea um but he wasn't from there he was from nazareth you know he was known as jesus of nazareth mm-hmm. nazareth was in the galilee he probably would have called himself a nazarene or a galilean you know people back then not just back then up until you know Probably 100 years ago, people in that part of the world identified much more closely with their cities and villages and regions than they did with anything that we recognize as sort of like a nationality Mm -hmm. as as the way we'd recognize it today. But we also know at that time that the land was called Palestine as well, called Palestine, Canaan, Canaan. uh, Judea and Samaria, the land of Israel. Whatever it had a lot of Many names. names, like mm-hmm. I said in that video. P. Diddy has a lot of names, mm-hmm. and if he's and if you <laughs> say any of those names, he turns around. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, something can have a lot of names all at the same time. The problem with people looking at this is they, you know, I tell a joke, um, uh, sometimes on stage, depending on the audience, where I say, you know, sometimes I, sometimes people say to me, uh, are you Jewish? And I say, no, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's a joke because obviously there's no such thing as the opposite of Jewish and Palestinian is not the opposite of Jewish. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can be both of these things at the same time. And so this is what I don't understand with a lot of the people who come back at this. They say, well, their argument is, well, no, he couldn't be Palestinian because he was Jewish. Well, this is a silly kind of stupid thing to say. Of course, you can be both. The land was called. We know. Look, there's no there's no um, debate that the land was called Palestine. Herodotus called it Palestine 500 years before Jesus. um, And he wasn't the first one either. There are inscriptions. Now, some people want to say it only meant like from God on the coast, from Gaza up a little bit. That's not necessarily true either. And Herodotus visited Palestine and he said that the land basically from Phoenicia, which is kind of sort of what we understand Lebanon until. So again, though his interpretation, not the only interpretation, it's one interpretation among many, but. You know, things can be called uh, one piece of land can have different names and especially Palestine, which has like been so extremely significant for like 3000 years, economically, culturally, religiously, all kinds of people have come through Palestine. You know, I tell a joke where I say everybody came to Palestine and everybody came in Palestine. So we look like everything and there's a big mix of everyone there. (laughs) So, you know, again, we, we the first step is we can't say that when someone is saying that Jesus or the land whatever is part of a certain people's culture or even belongs to a certain people that you say that exclusively of course that's our problem with zionism is that it seems to say it belongs to one per- people exclusively but i'm not saying that and i would never say that
0: okay we don't so, i, I if... wouldn't say that either that, but anyway yeah rifky yeah.
1: Yeah, let me, let me just uh, ask a clarifying question and then we can, we can move on because there, there's so much here. But So it sounds like what you're saying is when you say Christmas is a Palestinian holiday, again, just using your language, celebrating the birthday of a Palestinian who fought against occupation in Palestine, what you're saying is Christmas is a holiday, a contemporary holiday that originated in a land that has... Throughout history and still today, we call Palestine, right, just using the name of this land, Palestine, celebrating the birthday of someone who was born there, someone who lived there, who fought against an occupation in Palestine. But I think the way many, at least many in our community, interpreted that were that you were making the claim Christian is a holiday that celebrates the birth of a Palestinian As if the—sorry, I just said something in Hebrew. Sorry. Um, Celebrating the birthday of someone who would identify with today's Palestinians, who fought against occupation, also identifying— Roman occupation from 2,000 years ago with Jewish occupation today. And that's the analogy and why I think people were maybe offended or upset right. by or it. Or more simply, you think-
0: you, you, you've clarified now, but it sounds to people that you are diminishing or denying the Jewish history and background, both of Jesus and of the area of the region at that time. That's what it sounded like to well, a lot let of me, people. Let me
2: address both those things. Yeah. First of all, yeah. I say in 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 uh videos I've, that tweet was not the first time i've talked right. about jesus i've written about mm-hmm. jesus throughout my book yes, yes. i've re- i've made many videos about jesus and i've always obviously I mean, it's not a concession i've always said that of course he's jewish right. he's mm-hmm. jewish uh or if you prefer the word jew or whatever but of course he is that of mm-hmm. course okay so there's no question about that so i'm not denying his Jewishness number one, okay? again, Palestinian and Jew are not the opposite of each other, right. okay, so that's that's one thing. Um, and so therefore, of course, there is a Jewish connection to Palestine or the land or whatever you want to call it, okay? Mm-hmm. Of course there is of course, like that would it would be stupid and idiotic to say anything other than that. Mm-hmm. okay, so that's to answer sort of Uri's uh, question again. Claiming a palestinian again, claiming a Palestinian connection to the land, or claiming a Palestinian connection to Jesus <clears throat> is not to deny anything. I don't know why people would compute it that way unless, of course you thought Palestinian and Jewish are the opposite of each other. But why you would uh, claim, think that that was a denial of something else. That's number one. Now to answer Rifke's question, look, of course I was talking in a historical way literally, but like, do I think if Jesus was alive today, that he would be um, chanting free, free Palestine? Yes. Do I, you know, I mean, that's an assumption, but from what we understand about his history and who he who he was, do I think that he would be okay with, you know, uh, laws that treat people differently based on their religion or their race in that land or anywhere? I think he'd probably say Black Lives Matter. I think he probably would have marched with Dr. King. I think he'd probably say free Palestine. I think he'd probably say free the Uyghurs. I think, you know, like, I mean, like that's the kind of dude that I think he was. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you wanna make the connection to what's happening today, uh yeah, I'm, and I make that connection in a lot of my other writings as well. So I do believe that. But that's not what I was saying there. I was making a historical point right. okay. in that tweet that it's a Palestinian yeah. holiday about a Palestinian who fought against occupation. OK,
0: uh, understood. I just want to add in a little thing that we should have said in the beginning, um, which is that in this conversation, I mean— we hope it goes both ways in terms of asking questions or, or making mm-hmm. statements or whatever and we're obviously going to disagree about a lot but it's not meant to be a debate. Um, you're our guest and we honestly want to hear your perspective and that's very important to us and I think it's important and interesting to our listeners to, and important for, for them to hear also. Um, so just because you say something I just want to for our listeners and it can go the reverse also. You say something we don't respond or disagree. It doesn't mean that we agree with what you're saying but we would rather give you more time to to speak because we want to hear um, your perspective. But I mean, we can go on about the jesus stuff i think what you're trying to say
2: is let me let me say quickly the opinions expressed by today's speaker in no way (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly or or any of their relatives (laughs) or the sponsors of this show
1: (laughs) i don't think anyone listening is going to be confused about that uh, Um, good (laughs) clarification
0: moving on a little bit from from that but but based on some of the things that you were talking about i acknowledge the palestinians people people's right to self-determination and peoplehood I, i don't call that into question that being said how would you describe the history of the Palestinian people if you said that, you know, you would acknowledge that Jesus would not identify as a Palestinian because na- nation, um, nationality in that sense is a more modern phenomenon? When did Palestinian peoplehood form and when, where could you, what could you point to as the origin of that?
2: Well, first of all, I didn't concede that Jesus would not identify as the Palestinian. Maybe he would. Okay. I'm sure that he was aware that that land. Look, we know Jesus was pretty complicated. He spoke Aramaic in everyday life. He probably spoke and understood Greek pretty well because he, um, you know, because uh, that was another lingua franca okay. of, of the place. And he, he most likely, I mean, definitely also uh, spoke and understood uh, and probably re- wrote uh, Hebrew Mm-hmm. um as a liturgical matter. I would assume so, so. Again, you know, he 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 would have been I think like many of us complicated in his identity. So I don't concede that he Definitely wouldn't have called himself Palestinian. Okay. um Now, because again, we know Palestine as a name of the land was something that was in usage at that time. Not the and official name, though. Was it was a smart a, dude.
0: in usage among there was many no other official names. Name. Right, again okay. But again,
2: there was no official okay. name. Who are the official well, givers of the name? that's This is like. Well, the Roman you know, occupiers named it
0: Syria Palestina in 100 something of the Common Era.
2: Okay. And you think the Romans invented No, of course not. They came up with it. I agree. It existed
0: already. From the Philistines. Okay, so I, mean, like the, who
2: are, I mean, all of a sudden, well, the, the people who the lived conveyors. there, what did the people well, who the lived there, there call their land? They were independent kingdoms. Right, and some of, of them called it Palestine. I mean, some of them called it Palestine. Some of them called it Judea. Some of them called okay. it. Sem- but but called, either way, I think okay. Okay.
1: I think okay. we're we're getting a little too focused on the the semantics here. Whether or not Jesus would call himself Palestinian, I don't think is the is the broader question. But, no, we've
0: established the name Palestine. But I'm I, I would like to hear what you how you would describe the the Palestinian. So peoplehood. I mean, I
2: don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can put your finger on a time in the history of the world, especially in the last three thousand years, that you know. People cohesively there would have called themselves Palestinian. I don't know if people would have called you know called themselves um, any of the things that we consider nationalities today. What about mean, for Jews? instance Jews in Europe weren't calling themselves Israelis 100 years ago. Now they're calling themselves Israelis who live in Israel. I mean these are names of nations that come to have a certain significance. Now the, there's also sometimes a notion put forward by by Zionists that you know. Palestinians have just recently started calling themselves Palestinians in 1965 or something, as if Yasser Arafat came up with the name. That's not true either. I mean, we have, we, first of all, I mean, the 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 Jews of Palestine in the twenties and thirties. I mean they the, called themselves the, Palestinians. The Zionists were telling people go visit Palestine. So right. I mean, you know, I mean, let's just like so it's not even but only it's funny because Jews well, bring that as them. a proof
0: for the opposite of what you're trying to say. The fact that before the state of Israel was formed, it was more often the Jews who call themselves Palestinians. The Arabs, the Palestinians would call themselves Arabs.
2: No, that well look, again, again, they call themselves Arabs, they call themselves Palestinians, they call themselves people from Yafa or Nazareth. Again, the the term I think people get caught too caught up in this. The land was called Palestine, even if you only take 135 AD as the Mm -hmm. beginning of some empire deciding to call the province Palestine. And then the Romans did it. And then the Arab Muslims did it. And then the Ottomans did it. You know, it just kept happening all throughout time, even though that wasn't the first time. But whatever, even if you pick that as a time, then you call the then you can call the people from that land palestinian as far back as 135 ad if that's the way you want to go about it now but what's the connection between those like Palestinians when the, and the people did lines. it themselves again these new nationalisms like did the people of iraq we know iraq was a piece of land that it considered that uh, uh, called that and recognized that for thousands of years now it's such a big vast land do, do we have lots of evidence that the people from Iraq 200 years ago were sort of like collectively calling themselves Iraqis? No, that's a national phenomenon when national borders came about. So do we have a lot of evidence that people were collectively calling themselves Palestinians, especially if you're trying to understand it in the way you understand it today? No, but what does that really have to do with anything? Well, I, yeah, I mean, so ha- has there
0: ever been I don't want to belabor this point because there's other things to talk about. I don't mean to just challenge you on, on this one thing, but has there ever been an independent kingdom or commonwealth of Palestine in history?
2: What do you mean by independent? I mean, uh, yeah, Palestine has been a province of of sort of uh, of of uh, uh, I don't know,
0: colonial imperial rulers powers, or not yeah. even
2: outside rulers sometimes. But again, uh, uh, again, you know. This is a, Zion, a silly Zionist talking point, because when you say this, it's a, some it's meant as a way to sort of like delegitimize a claim to like, who cares? Who cares? Was there ever an independent kingdom called the Cherokee Kingdom or the Navajo Kingdom? No. But we know that they were there and that's what they, that was, they were a group of people, they called themselves that and they were there. Did they have defined borders? No. Well, you just said so they, they didn't call there. themselves
0: that until recently but so what okay so well, what? i don't care right, if you call right. us
2: arabs or martians or whatever you call us we know the land had that name for a very long time okay and so i think it's fair to call the people in that land that name now whether or not and i didn't say they didn't you're, you're putting words in my mouth i said i don't know if they did okay. i i we don't have lots of proof of that same thing with iraqis same thing with with a lot of other you know groups in that part of the world and other parts of the world but these lands were called these names a lot of times as we said before people identified more closely with their region or their city is as, as far as what they would mm-hmm. have called themselves and a lot of arabs still do that today right but uh, this idea of nationalism is a much more recent um Idea, but again, it as I said in my videos and a lot of my other writings, when I talk about Jesus, it doesn't really matter. Right. So the only reason why
0: I bring it up in that way is not to delegitimize the Palestinian people or their existence, but it's only that like the only argument I need to make here is that the Jewish people have at least as much of a claim to the land and to be in that land. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. Too. But I'm not why, gonna, I would never not? argue with
2: that. Are you because you agree with I, it? I, I, I accept that fully.
0: Oh, fine. Okay. Can I just
1: ask, I I think I'm getting a little bit confused, and I want to actually just use language that would be more clarifying for me. I think when I use the term Jew, I think I understand what a Jew is. When I use the term Israeli, I think I understand what that term is. I would love to hear, uh, Amir, if if you've— could just tell me, what is a Palestinian? How are you even defining our terms? Because it sounds like if it's just people who are native to the land, it includes people of all different religions. Jews are Palestinians. Christians are Palestinians. Muslims are Palestinians. Jews are Palestinians. So I would love to actually hear what we're even talking about.
2: So, yeah, correct. I mean, uh, again, terms take on different meanings over time. So the term Palestinian today uh, obviously has a sort of Um, political and nationalistic definition to it that exists within a certain like border that we didn't draw anyway the british people drew you know um that goes down the jordan river and then up the border up the border between sinai and whatever so i mean that you know that triangle that with this thing on my shirt you know Mm -hmm. this triangle we all argue over um but uh again uh yes it's a it's a if you mean it in a contemporary nationalist sense it really means the people who live within regardless of religion the people who live within the borders drawn by the sykes and pico drawn by the british in 1917 because that became a political identity and it became much more much stronger after 1948 when there became a sort of reality of that identity of being kicked out of that land and having that land stolen from you and you can't come back and you become refugees as a as a as a result of it so um if you mean it in that way now as a cultural sort of like identity, like this food might be Palestinian or this dance might be, that's existed for hundreds and hundreds of, of years. But if we talk about it in a, a sort of nationalistic way, that's why we call ourselves Palestinian today, because of, and admittedly, borders that we didn't draw, that were drawn by mm-hmm. Sykes Pico, which also are the borders of Israel, which they didn't draw either, okay, but drawn by Sykes Pico, um, that... Uh, that's what we consider ourselves Palestinians say. And then it has a much deeper political gravity because it also includes, you know, it, it comes with a story of refuge and displacement and all that. So, and yes, that would be regardless of religion. I mean, the, the Samaritans of of Nablus call themselves Palestinians uh, today, mm-hmm. okay. Christians, uh, Muslims, atheists, whatever. It really has no bearing on uh, on religion. That's why putting religion into this thing is always a silly thing. Um, Right. Proposition. So, but, so then, are uh, you yeah, that's are you
1: also are you also including Jews who are native to that land from that time period? Are you including those in the Palestinian sort of? Story? Well, I mean,
2: I, I I can't put a definition on anybody, but if someone who is Jewish walked up to me and said, "I'm Palestinian," I would have no problem with that in my okay. own definition. The more yeah, that's, way that's, I that's I what I'm it. just
1: trying to understand. Yeah. So, I so uh, okay that that makes sense to me. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. So. Uh, I want to get a little bit into because I think we touched on it and I think this is really critical I think just defining our terms is so often really important to even having a conversation where we understand each other I would I feel like one of the things that we've mentioned a few times is just the term Zionism and I would love to hear kind of your thinking you I think call yourself a very staunch anti-Zionist I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth but I think that is very important to you that you do not believe in Zionism Zionism to you is a bad thing and I would love to understand what you mean when you talk about Zionism and what it means to you that you th- what, what negativity you associate with Zionism.
2: Sure. Well, Zionism, you know, as a political ideology. I mean, sometimes I run into people who tell me that like, you know, um, that King David was a Zionist. I mean, that sh- they surely did not use they surely did not think of uh, did use. How that do you term know? We like don't that. know. Maybe you did. Well, we don't have uh, evidence. Okay. Let me put it yeah, like that, okay. that. We don't have evidence that they use that term. Um, uh but so if we if we consider zionism as a you know roughly 120 year old political ideology that came out of uh, basel in 1896 and 97 then um we know how they defined themselves from the beginning from the very first zionist conference was a jewish homeland in palestine i mean sometimes people say it just means a jewish homeland that's not true palestine was an essential part of zionism did they have backup plans and all this kind of stuff sure because they were dealing with imperial powers and all that kind of stuff but it was about a jewish homeland in palestine from the jump okay Mm -hmm. and it was always about having jewish self-rule and you know because of all the terrible things that you know Mm -hmm. obviously that were happening to jews all throughout europe which again Mm Not done by us, as far as I understand. Well, it history. wasn't so great okay, in, in the Arab world. Christians.
0: Things happen in the Arab world also. Plenty Even when you talk to no? Jewish
2: and Israeli historians, they'll tell... No, it, of course, of course it happened. Okay. Listen, there have been massacres against minorities and against and against people based on religious things everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a low but bar. Again, to say
0: the Muslims are better than the Christians is not saying very much. But no, yes, no, Christians it, it's actually be histor- to be worse.
2: Historically, it's not. Historically, it's, it's empirically true. Okay, but, no, anyway, but I'm saying it's not saying
0: very much because the bar is so low. Of, of the no, but I'm
2: saying everyone has done it to everyone in history. It's a terrible thing. It's not exclusive to Jews. It's not exclusive. But if we're looking at the history of Jews and and the history of Jews uh, uh, in in the Muslim Arab world in the medieval times, for instance, there had some of their height of intellectual. Yes, there were quiet times and, and like, there were not quiet times. Okay, and and there, but and and if we look at sort of the the the. Look, things do happen on scale. I mean, everything can be more the same level of morally wrong, but things happen on scale. And yes, no, like it's not even a question that it was much worse in Europe than it was in, in the Arab world for Jews over the last 1000 years. But anyway, if 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 you if we're getting back to what's my definition of Zionism, first I'll go by what they defined it as in the first couple conferences, which is a Jewish homeland in Palestine, and they knew, obviously, that there were people living there, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was about Jewish self-rule and Jewish majority and all that stuff from from the jump, okay? So it didn't happen, I think we can hopefully we can all agree now, it's 2021, that it didn't happen for a land without a people or sorry people without a land for, or sorry land without a people for a people without a land i think we right. can all agree now that that's bullshit right? yes so, when you talk so about that, that
0: a lot by the way that wasn't originated by a jew that was like a british non-jewish lord who okay, colonized it's, been, who, used by it's Zionists, been used but okay, i don't so, people, yes okay. it's not true 100 okay, so not we true. can all
2: agree that that's bs
1: i i just want to pause for a second that's not a normal talking point in zion like i have never heard that expression before i've never i've never heard it
2: I don't know. I mean, I still I still hear it, but maybe I deal with more right wing. I don't know, whatever. But, uh, you know, APAC still goes around saying one of their talking points is Israel made the desert bloom. I mean, this is also bullshit. That definitely is true. That there's people there. It's true that they did it it or it's true that they
0: say it.
1: (laughs) It's true that that's an expression I've heard many, many times.
0: Yeah. Do you you think that's not true?
1: Sorry,
2: sorry. Of course, see, how? What? I know you don't think that that's a terribly racist thing to say, but it kind of is because we were there and we had a civilization and we had intellectuals and we had consciousness. But why does that negate that? Art. Just like Jesus being Palestinian doesn't doesn't negate him being Jewish. But we no, made no, the desert you, bloom. Why does that say, negate what Palestinians? Say, l- l- listen, let's not let's let's not insult each other's intelligence. When you say made the desert bloom let's be clear it makes it sound very clearly if i say jesus palestinian i'm, I'm not saying he's not not it makes else. it it We're sounds that you way made the desert <laughs> it's the exact same you thing Amir, in, it's the same you thing you are implying very clearly that there was sort of like no we know what desert means barren nothingness okay it's not it's not this is not a mystery it kind of makes it sound like there was but they're living in my grandmother's house like they're living in our grandparents well, that's a separate issue Jerusalem. what does that one have to you do know, with the other but, but i'm i'm just saying you can't you cannot you cannot say, and with a straight face, made the desert. It was blooming. Now, did they come in with lots of money and lots of intellect, by the way, and lots of help from outside and lots of all this kind of stuff to make swamps, things a lot better? Creating sure. agriculture. Mm-hmm. Of course. Great. But there was agriculture. There was stadiums. There was places. There was an airport. There was places where people held concerts. There were writers. There, My two grandparents who became ethnically cleansed were teachers. Okay. So this idea, I mean, there were professionals. This idea, again, that Israel creating something out of nothing is complete bullshit. I mean, right. I think instance, it's a straw like Just
0: like, yeah, I, I would, I agree. I agree. It's not true. They they added to it. They created new things that, that may not have yeah, been just there, like but there were things there already. The okay. years, Great. I mean,
2: by the way. Okay. Okay. okay so if I get back to Rivki's question, so what's Zionism? It was about a Jewish homeland and Jewish self-rule and Jewish majority in Palestine from the jump. So that's number one. And then we look and see, look, Zionism is what Zionism does also. Okay, so it had a foundational philosophy and then it is what it does. Okay, and what it did was ethnically cleanse close to a million Palestinians in 1948 who have now, you know, now they're in five to six million range of them and their descendants who still don't have a right to go back to their homes. Gaza is 88 percent or something of the population of Gaza is literally from villages that are anywhere from like five to 20 miles away from where they currently live and they have no right to go back to those places. So so if we look at it as it is what it does, then it is extremely racist and ethnically cleansing a group of people, just like American nationalism in the jump, right? When it, when it massacred and ethnically cleansed, you know, hundreds of thousands, not millions of Native Americans from their land and then took their land, right? Um, this is, it, it, this is why we palestinians view it and every form of it i mean listen when i meet a form of zionism that doesn't include ensuring like prioritizing a jewish majority on the land okay in order to self-rule and all that kind of stuff um it'll be the first time that i've ever seen anything like that because there is at least no operating existing form of Zionism, especially within israeli society that says you know we're a zionist party but you know, it's okay if we're only thirty percent of the population one day in thirty years. Let people come back, and if a Palestinian is the prime minister, that's okay. We're still a Zionist state. I mean, of course, that's not true. So,
1: sorry, when you say Palestinian, again, I just want to make sure what you mean when you say Palestinian is what? Sorry, uh, a Palestinian. And the way we
2: think of it today would be well, not necessarily not, not a Jew, but that like not a um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess today I would mean because what it means today to be Palestinian is is to be sort of a non-Jewish, more like resident of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. I mean, yes, there are 1.9 million Palestinians that are inside and citizens of the state of Israel. We, we call them Palestinians, but Israel doesn't call them Palestinians. So who's sorry, who's we? Who's
1: who? who's we who calls them Palestinians? Palestinians
2: call them Palestinians like the 1.9. Palestinians citizens of Arabs. Israel, but Israel yeah. doesn't call them Palestinians. They euphemistically call them Arabs and refuse to call them Palestinians. But in any case, that's a different. But so yes, when I when I said Palestinian in that way, I would say let's just take for instance, you know, a a a Muslim from Janine. You know, can a Muslim from Janine or a Muslim from Nazareth, for that matter, be the leader and a prime minister in any sort of Zionist idea of the state? No, of course not. So Zionism is always about including or prioritizing a Jewish majority in the state and, and creating and implementing policies to make that so. Well, I mean, that's racist. I mean, that would be, look, that would, to say we have to have a Jewish majority state would be racist, even if Israel were created on an empty piece of land and sort of said, we're doing this on an empty piece of land, but we need to have a Jewish majority state. It would be racist even under that. That idea, maybe it wouldn't have as many problems, but it would still be racist. The fact that it did it on a place where there is already millions of people who you kicked out in order to create the state and bulldoze 500 of their villages and don't let them come back. Like, I mean, that's racist. Okay. So
0: quick question. There there are 22 uh, countries in the Arab League, Arab countries, and there are also many Muslim countries that either aren't Arab, are Arab. Many of them uh, would call themselves Muslim rulerships and give preference to muslims over other people do you in the same way would you call all of those countries racist
2: first of all i'm assuming you're saying that from knowledge or you've studied it it's not just talking points so which ones first of all because they're not all the same i know that's that's why i tried to say it in a way that to varying degrees we can just saudi arabia whatever name one and tell me the law that you're talking about i'm not from those places Okay, I mean, it seems pretty natural that I would I mean, there's there's a list of much more problems with the people treating me in the place that I'm from. But okay, let's take America. America had laws just 60 years ago. Jim Crow laws that were on the books in many places. Was that racist? Yes. If it's Mm -hmm. happening in another country, yes. If it's happening in Jordan or Saudi Arabia or Egypt or anywhere. Yeah, of course, it's racist to say one group of people gets more rights than anyone else. But this what the the whataboutism. Is a kind of tired argument i mean what about who cares we're talking about okay so so let's talk about
0: fine let's talk about this do you understand why zionism feels the need that in order to have a jewish homeland in palestine it needs to be majority jewish so that the jewish people have rulership over it Do you understand why historically based on how the jews have been treated in just about every country they've been in both in europe and in the arab world um why we would be concerned that we would not be treated fairly and equally uh given our history
2: do i understand why yeah sure
0: okay but you don't but you think Um, those fears um, are unfounded your
2: student of jewish history and the history of Uh that part of the world yes i understand why does that justify the actions of the state of course not of course not. Do I understand why the um, the pilgrims left because they were being religiously persecuted? Do I understand their reasoning? Sure. Does that create a, a justification for manifest destiny? No. And 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 you know, I mean, again, uh, no one is denying uh, uh, that these things have happened. No one is denying that. I mean, what you're making an argument for is basically Native Americans retaking over the land of America and kicking white people out of their houses. I mean, it's I like think a just, lot of people would and, think and that we that's even, justified. And we, and we Palestinians didn't even do to Jews what white people did to Native Americans. I mean, even like it, collectively as a history, it didn't even happen. So I mean, again, it is it is kind of uh, ridiculous. I mean, again, it's not. None of this is about sort of um, what happened to a certain group of people. Uh, even as as recently as the 40s in europe it's not about that it's about tell me what of any of that history you can tell me with a straight face justifies kicking people out of their homes and not letting them return or compensating them in any way and that being a policy of the state. That's it. This is not complicated. These the, Do I understand, you know, I, as a non-Jew, do I understand and can I sympathize from the outside with the history of Jewish people and all the terrible things that they've been through? Yes, of course. What does that have to do with my situation as a Palestinian and my grandparents being kicked out of their house? Or again, it doesn't even really matter why they live. My grandparents were kicked out. But it doesn't even matter why mm-hmm. any Palestinians left in 1948. The fact that they're not allowed to return to their ancestral homeland. I mean, are you telling me that the, my grandparents or the Palestinians who owned houses in Yaffa or Haifa or West Jerusalem were, were squatting? Were owning these places no, illegally? No, not at all. No, they have hundreds of years of ancestral history, if not thousands of years on that land. So, so again, what is, what is the justification for that? Ultimately, do I understand the history sure do I understand the angst and all the things that might come with with that like do I see it and do I sympathize with it, of course. Are you telling me that's a justification for turning a, a nation of people into refugees? I hope not. I think the true
0: catastrophe of 1948 was the rejection of the partition plan by the Palestinian oh, leadership. Why not? If, if they would have accepted the partition plan, like the Jews accepted it, there wouldn't have been a war, come and people would not have been kicked out of their homes. Okay,
1: okay, okay. I think, guys, I think, I think, I'm not trying to 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 stop. I think this is an interesting conversation, but I also want to take a step back because I think we're we're getting a little bit uh, in the Weeds here, and I want to have a stronger. Uh, I, I when we're having when we're having this discussion, it's so easy for us, I think, to get heated, and I'm feeling it internally, and I can imagine both of you are feeling it because I'm hearing it. Um, but I want to just be able to to kind of remember that we're all coming from a place of curiosity and trying to understand. So I guess uh, with, that, with that being said, I, wanted, I really do want to understand, because I think a lot of the things you're saying are things that both Uri and I, Uri, I don't want to speak for you, definitely are sympathetic to, and I really do understand your perspective. And I think if, you know, if that happened to my grandparents, and in a lot of ways it did happen to my grandparents, right? You know, a, a lot of us Jews, obviously, as you know, have gone through similar things. So I think thinking forward thinking, it sounds like what you're envisioning is that there shouldn't be a jewish state whatsoever okay no jewish state that that's off the table a i want to ask is that true is that really what you see and then i want to understand what is your vision if you were in charge of the palestinian potential government israeli potential government if you were running things what would it look like that's it that's all i want to understand well, okay so i
2: mean yeah i'm happy to say that i don't think there should be a jewish state in palestine I mean, if it was somewhere else I guess that would concern me a lot less. Um, yeah. I'd be much more of a uh, non-stakeholder and outside observer mm-hmm. in that. But do I think there should be a Jewish state? In other words, a Jew? to be clear, a Jewish state that has laws like Israel does, which favors Jews over non-Jews. You can define return, it however
1: you want. Know? You can define it well, however you want. I, mean, yeah, I guess yes, law. Today. Yes, that you're says, right. Law instance, of return. Any
2: Jew can return tomorrow and become a citizen, and Palestinians yes. who are from their can't. Like, yes, I'm against that. Okay? Well, I'm against that. What do you mean, Palestinians? If, they don't have the right of return. Sorry.
1: No, no. I, I know Palestinians today. You're saying if a Palestinian can uh, trace their lineage back to that particular place, it doesn't matter. They're screwed. They can't come back. That is. Yeah. I see that's see well, okay. That's
2: true. That's yeah, that's that's racist. And that's part yeah. of part of the Jewish state. Like my father, right. my father was born in 1948 in Yaffa when he was one month old, they became refugees. He can't. Go back and get his citizenship. Even though my mother, who was born in akka in the 50s, was born as a citizen, she can't even give it to him. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. laws of the state. Okay, right. so uh, by the uh, way, sorry, but you Swedish, you have
1: citizenship, right? You I do, you have yeah, a citizenship. I got it through my okay, mom. but if he was right. if
2: he was Swedish, my father, she could give it to him. Okay, so but that's another thing for another day. Okay, so oh, that's it, interesting. So. so well, the Israeli law that. says very Israeli law says very clearly if a citizen of the state marries somebody who's Palestinian that they cannot convey their citizenship onto that person,
1: but they can to anyone else in the world. Yeah, of
2: course, yeah, of course, even if they're not Jewish by the way. Uh, right, even right, if the spouse is not Jewish. Um, so so uh, so yes, I'm against the idea of a Jewish state in Palestine. Yes. Um I've I've talked many times and written a few times about uh, believing in one binational or multinational state in the entirety of the borders of mandate Palestine so including current day Israel West Bank Gaza Jerusalem the whole thing Um, Jordan a a, no Jordan was not Jordan was part of the
0: British Palestinian mandate yeah they split it off and gave it to the Hashemites
2: but they, they, they made it trans-Jordan way before 1948. So, uh, okay. okay, fine. Let me say 1948. Depends when, what year you um, want to
0: talk about. Yeah, okay.
2: Sure. I mean, let's say the, the 1948 fine. sort of pre, pre-Israel, pre but 1948 boundaries of of Palestine, um, that it should be a bi, you know, binational, multinational, if you want to say it state, secular, democratic state that doesn't give anyone any more or less rights based on their religion, their race, whatever. If you're from there, you're from there. And of course, they'd have to come up with rules about how people maybe in the future become natural, whatever. It just like function like any other state, Uh, like America, for instance, which, you know, doesn't treat people differently or ostensibly shouldn't and doesn't treat people differently based on their on their race. That's what I would envision, Mm -hmm. because I want as a Palestinian, I see all of us as a all of us Palestinians, uh, again, of any religion, of anyone who calls himself Palestinian. So back to your idea Rifki if you call yourself mm-hmm. a Palestinian, it doesn't matter what your religion or anything is, that everyone who has been affected by this occupation of Palestine and by the displacement should are one people and should be treated equally. We're not Gazans and West Bankers and, and Israeli Arab Israelis and Jerusalemites. You know, that's not who we are. We're one people. So I would like to liberate our entire land. And that means to me the best case scenario would be one state. Uh, Although, you know, like, I don't really get much into like political solutions. I I think it's going to become one state eventually anyway. It's basically one state now, but it's an apartheid state. I mean, uh, Israel controls the entire, all the borders, you know, Palestine, the Palestinian Authority, which is wildly, you know, corrupt in its own right, has uh, some autonomy in certain pockets, certain bantu stands of the West Bank, but you know, basically Israel still controls everything. And you have, I mean, it controls what goes in and out of Gaza, who goes in and out of Gaza. There's 2 million Palestinians in Gaza, there's 3 million Palestinians in the West Bank, who are controlled by an entity that they don't vote for i mean we have names for this kind of stuff it's called apartheid it's called jim crow it's called racist i mean let's just like be honest about the, the the palestinians even in gaza for instance this big dark dirty monster called hamas they've been in power for 15 years they didn't go and create something independent first of all because they can't so the, the financial system. do you know like the Palestinian? Um, cell phone companies that exist in the West Bank and Gaza, they buy their bandwidth from Israel and resell it to Palestinians because Israel controls all the infrastructure. Israel can. Why can Israel shut off the lights whenever it wants to in Gaza or the West Bank? Because they control all the infrastructure. There's no independence or autonomy of any sort. And so Israel controls everything. So since they do, that's fine. They can keep controlling everything. The settlers don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to fight about Jerusalem. It can still be the shekel. We can still have all this kind of stuff. But and you can still call it Israel, too. I don't really even care what it's called. But let's give everybody the same rights regardless. Let's open up all the borders internally. Give everybody the same rights regardless of their religion or their nationality or their affiliation or their ethnicity or anything like that. That's called democracy. And let's just do that. Is
0: there another Middle Eastern country that you can point to as the model for that type oh, of man. utopia?
2: Oh, man
0: is that not a fair question?
2: No, it's not. I know I know that in your heart you don't think these questions are like offensive or discriminatory or bigoted. But again, when you when you you want to ca- one of the things Zionism does is it casts the Arab world or the the Middle East, which is a colonial term. But anyway, fine, it casts the Arab world in the Middle East as this sort of backwards, undemocratic, crazy place. And Israel's like this jewel. I didn't say, no I, I didn't say, that, are, say are, that. I said there are no democracies. I didn't say that you say that. I said that Zionism does this. First of all, by the way, yes, there is democracy. So in tell me which Lebanon. One. It's flawed and it's messed up and it's corrupt. But there's I mean, Gaza there. was there's the, democracy. Hamas in was Tunisia. elected
0: in, democratically. Also, that if you want to call that democracy. But well, I, I mean
2: they were elected democratically no matter how much you don't like the I, idea. No, that's what it. i just said you but, know but those are and those are the voters and the people that would
0: be in this binational state but all of a sudden they're gonna be accepting <laughs> listen, of the jews listen, and their I'm, religious I'm, freedom
2: i'm personally a secularist and not an, not an islamist in any way okay um if you wanted to weaken religious movements by the way on the palestinian on the palestinian side and on the israeli side if you wanted to weaken these hardcore religious movements Create a binational or multinational democratic state. Trust me, they will. When they don't have a big bad enemy to look towards, they're not going to be that much powerful anymore. We we have seen that throughout history. Okay, so look at look at religious movements even in America. They function on the idea of having this big bad enemy. Uh, same thing with the right wing religious groups inside uh, Israel, and same thing with uh, Islamist groups in Palestine. Um, so you want to get rid of them? Create create something that resembles equality and democracy and they be, they have much less of a reason to exist politically that's one thing by the way hamas is only like 20 or 35 years old anyway i mean and 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 a lot of people understand and believe that in the beginning hamas was encouraged by uh, israel to be a counterpoint to fatah but you know what we don't need to get into all of that again people don't need to behave in order to be treated democratically or with human rights we don't need to behave. So even if we were behaving badly, and by the way, right now, we're behaving extremely peacefully. But even if we were behaving extremely badly, I mean like three or four bombings a day, stabbings every hour, okay, then even that would not be a reason for our oppression. I mean, you don't say to people that you're behaving badly, this is why you don't get rights. That is not the way it works morally or legally in any way. And, And again, Palestinians are of the land. If you believe that Palestinians are of the land, then we deserve the same rights as anybody else under any government that might be ruling it. And again, this like, what whataboutism, what other Middle Eastern country, who cares? Who cares how democratic America is in comparison to Mexico? We still want America to be the best version of itself that it can be. It doesn't matter what's happening in Mexico or Central America or Canada. Who cares? Cares, but you want to lump you. I'm okay. I won't say you, but some people sometimes want to lump us all together as if we're all the same people, as if you went into the state of Oklahoma and kicked all them out. You can say, Well, I know we kicked you out of Oklahoma, but it's okay. You can live in Texas or Kansas or Arkansas. I mean, it's basically the same people, right? And the people of Oklahoma might say, No, we would like to live in Oklahoma. That's where we're from and that's our land. And do we share something with those other people? Sure. But we have a connection and a history to this land. I mean, that we would understand that, right? So, I mean, again, at the end of the day, it is about do you believe in democracy and human It doesn't really matter what other countries are doing. And this notion that is even if it was only implied by you, but it's definitely perpetuated by a lot of Zionists, that Israel is this blooming democracy in the middle of all these dictators and, and terrible places. I mean, that's not true either. I mean, Tunisia has a democracy. They've had a bunch of leaders. You know who else has a democracy? Iran. Iran has, let me let me tell you something. My dad told me a long time ago. One way you can tell if a place is a democracy is you say if they have any former living presidents, like this is a one, at least one measuring stick, of a democracy. Well, Iran has as many former living presidents as America. They re-elect. they just elect a new one, okay? They re- they elect president. Now, they also have this Supreme Council thing. By the way, we also have Billy Graham and all the, all that kind of stuff. They, you know, don't tell me that the the sort of supreme religious powers in Israel don't have a lot of sway and power. They do too, okay? And it's much more official in Iran. I wouldn't want to live in Iran. Okay, I get it. But it's a form of a democracy, at least. And again, democracy is not a universal thing. like It functions everywhere the same way. In Tunisia, they have a democracy that functions one way. In Lebanon, they have a democracy where basically no one's ever in charge. I mean, it's not a great democracy. But do they have elections and they elect people and leadership changes? Yes. Same thing in Iran. in in Well, I mean, Israel, you have democracy for Jews. And, Definitely not the five million who and are, are... And the Christians and Arabs ooh, and others I, who are citizens of Israel. No, this, it, Definitely not for the 5 million whose daily life is decided by Israel, who run to try to get permits from the Israelis so they can work because they don't have jobs in their own land so that they can feed their children. Mm -hmm. Their daily life, whether or not they feed their kids, is dependent on whether or not Israel gives them a work permit. So don't tell me who controls their lives and who doesn't, and they don't vote for them. They don't vote for them. So let's just be real about this, man. If this was happening anywhere else in the world, I assume that you would be totally against it. Same thing here.
1: So Amr, you, you said a lot. And there's a lot that I think I'm I'm very sympathetic towards. Um, one of the things that I think I struggle with, and I would kind of want to hear your perspective here. One of the things I think you said that I actually think a lot of Israelis in their ideal form would agree with is that the what we're all looking for is... To all just live in peace together, one country, two countries, zero countries, 12 countries, who freaking cares? Let's all kind of exist. And we all want to, at the end of the day, we all want to feed our kids. We all want to have jobs that afford us not only a living wage, but respect and like feel good uh, about how, how we're going about our daily lives. One of the things that you hear often on the Israeli side, and that definitely I hear a lot and that I'm sure, Uriet, I think we, we hear very often, is that... Israelis say to themselves, I want peace. I want one country, two countries, whatever it is, but we don't have Palestinian partners for peace. We don't have people that at the end of the day we can work with to create whatever this vision is going to look like. I want to hear, Amer, do you agree with that sentiment? Do you disagree with that sentiment? And if you disagree, who do you see as the partners? I know you call yourself a secularist, right? I, I want to kind of like hear your perspective on this question. And, and just to, to, to add an important piece to that. Like, one of the things that I think I, I feel like uh, maybe you glossed over this because this wasn't your fundamental point. But I think one of the things that I think is very reasonable about the Israeli position is they're scared. Right. And you could say they shouldn't be scared or there are problems that Israel. I, I, all of the things I understand what you're saying, but Israelis are scared for their physical lives. Now, of course, so are Palestinians. Right. Palestinians in Gaza are scared for their lives. Palestinians in the West Bank are scared for their lives. There's a lot of fear going around. But Israelis who are in the position of power say to themselves and say to their governments, hey, I'm scared that my kids are going to die if you open up the borders. And therefore, hey, you know what? We're in the position of power. We're not putting my kids in that position that they might die on a school bus. Right. So they're operating out of fear, which is sad, I think, for anyone to be operating out of fear and not operating out of idealism. Do you think that that fear is unwarranted? I guess is also part of this question when it comes to who the partners for peace could be. That's what I want to hear.
2: So I want you to imagine uh, an American, uh, a white American politician, or really any white American in the 1920s, saying um, about black people in America, uh, while there's Jim Crow and you know all these things. Remember, remember, discrimination against black people was legal in policies of the state until 1965. I want you to imagine anyone saying, well, you know, we'd like to have peace with black people. We'd like to live with them. But, you know, we don't have a partner. There's nobody on the other side.
0: Black people are this not a national a movement in America. It's a completely different situation. Well, they did have
2: national movements, actually. Of course, they had national movements. They did. They existed. That's a, a not red the, co- what it, the community it, is or was. It's, it's a red herring. We, again, those in power don't need to find a partner to give a group of people rights i want peace too but peace is not my goal justice is my goal and by the way we've seen there is no peace without justice when you mar- i assume maybe you've marched may i don't know but maybe you've marched in black lives matter rallies or any sort of civil rights rallies in your life mm-hmm. when they march they say no justice no peace they don't say no peace no justice they say no justice no peace and you've said it before maybe out of your mouth because there's there's a chronological order to these things you give justice you create justice you then you get peace as a result of that you create dignity for people peace as a result of that you create hope for people that they can build on and realize peace is a result of that so peace is sort of an empty word unless you're willing to make the sacrifices that get you there especially if you're in power and yes for Jews in Israel that would mean sacrificing a status of supremacy are you willing to sacrifice that Status of supremacy for Jews in order to achieve peace, because that will be the cost. That will be the cost. There is no idea. By the way, even if there was two states, that's why I say go to one state right away. Even if there was two states, you would still have a Jewish majority state in Israel with 2 million citizens who, by the way, during the time, do you think that those 2 million citizens who in March, or sorry, in May, were uprising in cities like Lyd, and Haifa, and Akka, places inside the Green Line. These are Israeli citizens. You think they were just doing it for fun? They were doing it because they know that they're discriminated against inside the state too. One of them was killed in in Lid, and the murderer still has uh, is identified and still hasn't been arrested. So, I mean, and these kinds of things happen every day. So, I mean, again, so, so there would still be that problem, all right, of apartheid within, even if there was a free Palestinian state, there would still be that problem. So, I believe that those in power have a duty, it's incumbent upon them, to give rights to everybody based on democratic ideals that don't have anything to do with somebody. You don't need a partner for that. You don't need a partner for that. And by the way, if you look at, and and is the fear founded? (sighs) Look, when we look at violence that happens inside the land of Palestine, we cannot look at it all in a vacuum. And we cannot just simply say that's terrorism and that's not and all this kind of stuff. And we cannot say, I don't know if you've ever heard of Nat Turner. Nat Turner was a slave and he led a slave rebellion. And they would literally go, he had, he had people part of a slave rebellion. They would literally go into white people's houses and indiscriminately kill people. And that's wrong. And we would all look and say, that's wrong. But we would never look at slavery as a justification. In other words, slavery is okay because of the behavior of Nat Turner. No, we wouldn't do that. Okay? What he did is wrong. We can say that, say, I wish that didn't happen. That shouldn't happen. It's wrong. But you don't then look at the bigger picture and say, so an oppression of all the people. I mean, there are 5 million Palestinians that live inside the West Bank and Gaza. Another 2 million that live inside Israel. Another 5 or 6 million maybe more, we don't know for sure, that live in other parts of the world. If they were all, or even like 10% of them, but just let's say how sometimes Zionists say they're all, if they were all murderous Jew haters who want to just kill every Jew that they see, you would see it on the news every day. Like things would be a lot worse than they are. I mean, come on now. You cannot take the, the, the actions of the state out of this and say, oh, this just stuff happens in a vacuum because they raise their kids to hate and all this kind of stuff. If you look at Oslo, which we now we know Oslo was a failure, but Oslo, when Oslo happened, the first intifada in 1987 happened out of a state of hopelessness, economic despair. People went to the streets and started throwing rocks. That went on for six years. Then you had Oslo in September of 1993. When Oslo happened, Palestinians celebrated. They saw it as hope, as maybe we're finally going to get a state, and they were willing to even do it on only 20 percent of their ancestral homeland and there was times of peace for like three or four years until it became clear to palestinians at least that the israelis were not really interested in the state of ours they're still building settlements and all that kind of stuff and then you started to see violence again but again
0: the camp david say, offer of a state the, was not a real offer the one that i asked you a question tell me why it wasn't a real <laughs> offer and tell me why arafat didn't give a counter offer of what he wanted more than that instead of starting the second.
2: yeah have you read oslo
0: I'm talking about okay, Camp David, Oswald but doesn't yeah.
2: Promise a state. We should have not. Ehud Barak, Bill Oswald.
0: Clinton, Camp David, Yasser Arafat, 2000. That's what I'm talking about, which was the culmination. Why do you of think
2: it's okay for Yasser Arafat or any Palestinian to accept less than the entirety of the West Bank and East Jerusalem? Well, you does.
0: just the, the way you just framed it was like they had 20. percent It wasn't the whole thing, but they but like Israel didn't even want to give them that. But now you're saying Israel did want to give them that, but it wasn't enough. So, like, no, I'm asking no, it, what you're saying.
2: Wait, wait can't wait. Are you saying that Barak that Ehud Barak and Camp David was offering East Jerusalem? Yeah, no. East Jerusalem was no, going to be the wasn't. capital of the Palestinian state. Look no, at he was it. Not yeah, offering yeah. East Jerusalem, please read that. Please read the documents again. East Jerusalem he was, was going to be the capital of that Palestinian state. This, this is this is what I know. I know that even though Oslo was a terrible agreement for us, if you actually read the agreement, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee a state? It doesn't guarantee. Anything about Jerusalem. Okay. It says all these things will be talked about later. It just gives you Gaza and Jericho and Ramallah and some other places in the in the in the West Bank, but not not anything contiguous, not anything that looks like a state. But we still signed it. We still signed it. Okay. And Yasser Arafat signed it and 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 he did. And I know this. I know that Yasser Arafat signed that, and he was welcomed in Palestine as a as a king. I mean there were parades for the guy there are still statues for the guy no one ever went after him no one ever did anything he was welcomed paraded and treated like a hero okay and what about his israeli counterpart who signed it was assassinated by his own people and the person who 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 is accused by many in Israel of encouraging the circumstances that led to that assassination then became prime minister for like seventeen years. So let's not. Well, talk you're, about you're jumping the around. You're talking about different and things,
0: you're, and you're not addressing no, the not. main thing that I um, asked no, you. No, I'm not.
2: If we're no, I'm not. If we're talking about who's ready for peace and who's ready for justice and who's ready to really live with the other side and all this kind of stuff, when when Palestinians made this agreement, which of course would have included Jews still staying on the land, okay. We welcomed our hero, our, our leader, like a hero. Rabin was vilified and murdered, assassinated in Tel Aviv by his own people, and the people who pushed and encouraged the circumstances that led to that assassination, then they became the rulers of the country. I mean, and, and Naftali Bennett and Netanyahu have always said, I mean, Naftali Bennett's new, but <clears throat> they have always said, no Palestinian stayed on my watch. That has been one of the things that has gotten them elected. So if we're talking about society, you you're, you're, you're keep ignoring the the, the
0: thing I asked you in the most obvious part here, which was a Palestinian state was offered. It was on the table to Arafat had it in his hands and he rejected it without a counteroffer. You're not addressing you are, that.
2: You, you are, you, you are obsessed, obsessed, unfortunately, with political sort of details and deals. And I and I get it. I get it because this helps you avoid the larger question, the larger moral question based on justice is why are my four grandparents buried they were all born in palestine and they are buried in delaware california and jordan because they were refugees and not allowed to turn turn the return to their land and sheldon adelson who was born in boston and never really lived or grew up in israel was able to be buried in tel aviv simply because he's a jew that is the problem, not who, not Arafat making a bad political decision, allegedly, or if he did at Camp David. It really has nothing to do with anything. What I, I know people whose villages are even under the Camp David agreement would have been located in the north of Palestine, in the Galilee, or around Tel Aviv, or they're from uh, 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 Ashdod, Ashdod, or Ashkelon, Ashkelon, which wouldn't have been part of the state, should they be able to return to where they're from. I mean, it's really not that complicated. Okay, listen. You have Amir, a group uh, listen. Of refugees. Yeah. Everybody in the refugee camps in Lebanon are from northern Palestine, and their villages. Some of their villages are still there, even though the ruins of them are there. Should they become able and be given a chance to settle that land and be members of a state? You're. I, I assume your answer to that question is no. If your answer to that question is no, let me know if it's not. But if your answer to that question is no, well, that's a denial of their basic human rights. What what mistakes politicians made? I think. Oz was a mistake. But what mistakes politicians made is really irrelevant to the larger moral questions that I'm asking. So you can keep asking me political questions about why did this person reject that? I don't really care. So um, my answer is going to be, I don't care.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Like I said in the beginning, this is not meant to be a debate. I don't think anyone's convincing anybody else. We really do appreciate you speaking with us. And I honestly appreciate hearing your perspective. In In a tiny nutshell, all I would say is, and I think what Rifki was getting at, is that most Israelis, most Jews don't regardless of of democracy and human rights like they don't feel that their lives would be safe if they were in a muslim majority or average majority country which this binational national state would very likely be and that's just the end of the reason why they don't allow it you don't accept that that's fine that's where we disagree uh, we're, we're running out of time there, there's one other thing it's a little bit lighter but maybe and not are you saying yeah, that's yeah. a
2: moral justification for having wanting a, to be alive a, yes a, a, a state a state that that you know favors one group of people over another
0: I think it's very much not ideal, but given our history and given the fact that no country we've ever been in has mm-hmm. has uh, treated us fairly or equally or, or not uh, discriminated. Yes, that that's the real realistically that's Well, the Jews,
2: Jews have also never been the part of a nation building. I'm saying that they should be part, obviously, of the nation building of a binational, multinational state. Let me tell you this. One could easily make the argument. That this experiment of Israel for the last seventy-three years, which has included yes, bringing Jews back to their homeland, but yes, also ethnic cleansing and denying another group of people their rights to their homeland and discriminating against them, that that has not really worked out. I mean, th- are you saying that Israel is the safest place in the world for Jews? Are you ha- saying that out? Israel, well, I mean, there has, eight, has created yeah. a place where Jews are safe and secure in, in their everyday life? Because I would say, okay. probably not. I, I think we should, of the we should move on and
0: get to We should move on again to maybe to one last topic. But I, all I would say to that that is that yes there are eight, about eight hundred fifty thousand um, refugees that were ethnically cleansed from the Arab world Jews who, came, who were welcomed into Israel and found haven there and they would not have found that haven if Israel didn't exist and if that state what like that would have existed during the Holocaust who knows how many millions of Jews could have been saved and that is the reason why Jews feel the need to be the majority in in that state so that they can ensure that Jews would be safe in, in that way that that that's the answer to that but is it okay if we just we move on you've said your part we've said our part well, I mean part. that's racist but okay. If that's- fine answer, fine fine
1: fine fine um now, wait hold on before we move on, on i, I just I, I'm, I'm sorry like, yeah what does uh,
2: everything you just said have to do with palestinians what does that have to do with with denying palestinians the right to live and return in their homeland what does it have to do with that It's another red herring. I agree. It's not ideal. It's not something that I want. And to pretend and to. And by the way, Jews being exiled from Arab countries in 1948, and 1949 is totally wrong. And they should be able to return to those places if they wanted to. But let me say this, to pretend that all that happened in a vacuum and had nothing to do with the establishment of the state of Israel is disingenuous. I mean, it wasn't happening before okay, then. But, but
0: as we agreed, they were not, they were dimmies. They were second class citizens or second class non citizens. I mean,
2: have you read Islamic history, man? What do you mean yeah, dimmies? They were First not. First of all, there hasn't been anything resembling we're, an Islamic we're state. We're talking about history. Since- no, come on! I mean, this is so such. This is like you float, throw out flash words. Maybe you read them in somebody's book. I don't know, but you're not a student of Islamic history. Don't tell me that you I, are. I never to said. I never said really I was. I was. I
0: I'm talking about Jews. I'm not talking about Muslims. Okay, we, we should. Can we talk about food? Because that's a, like maybe a little bit lighter and something that you've talked sure. about, something that we've talked about. And I think Rifki, maybe that could be um, the, the, our last um, subject here. You you talk about, um, and this is something we've talked about a lot on our show: the, the claim that. Um, Israelis, let's say, have um, I, I don't want to. I don't know how exactly you would say co-opted, stolen, um, occupied the the food and cuisine of the Palestinian people. Do you want to explain what you mean mm-hmm. by that?
2: Well, I mean when and I and I know Israel uses uh, Arab immigrants or refugees, Jewish Arab immigrants or mm-hmm. refugees in, into the state as an as a sort of excuse for this.
0: But look, why is that an excuse? That's their food. Because they didn't bring that food.
2: No, why not? Listen. Do you because they didn't to Tun- me? Tunis- I mean, listen, it's not that complicated. So first of all, if you knew about Arab cuisine, you would know that, for instance, hummus is not eaten everywhere. It's not eaten in Tunisia. It's not eaten in Iraq that much. It's okay. just not a dish in those places. OK, it's a dish in the Levant, what they call the Levant, which we Arabs call the sham, which is basically Syria, Lebanon, Jordan and Palestine. And no Jews, now, very came, few from there? Jews came from Syria to, Pal- to Israel. That's not that's, true. That's
0: true. No, it's not. Well, I mean, what's very few? Yeah, T- tens, tens
2: of thousands? OK, I mean, OK, fine. Many did. Fewer than fewer than some of the other places. But but here's the thing. See, I'm a student of Arab Arabic food. I grew up in an Arabic restaurant. My okay. mom had an Arabic mm-hmm. restaurant. That's cool. When I eat and I've been for 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 scientific purposes, I have gone to homeless places in Tel Aviv in uh, homeless places uh, in, you know, Jewish only neighborhoods, you know, just to see. You're devoted to the craft. I am devoted to the craft. And then I have gone to hummus places in Ramallah and Jerusalem, which some of these places have been there since before the state of Israel. Okay. okay. And guess what? They taste the same. And then I go to Syrian restaurants, and Syrians make me hummus, and it tastes a little different. By the way, Syrian hummus, much more lemony and garlicky than Palestinian hummus. Uh, Lebanese hummus, much more lemony and garlic. The, the point is, the food, the taste of the food, has stayed the same, and so when when you want to then claim that as Israeli culture, by the way, again, no one would really be that upset about it if Israeli culture and Israeli history didn't also include displacing millions of people from their homeland and not allowing them to return. Right. I, this I understand is like, it's really about again, more nothing things. Nothing happens than just in the a food. vacuum. Of course, of course, yes, and I, I'm definitely
0: not saying that. Um, That's
2: why we call it co-opted and appropriated. Okay. I mean, it, it's it's it is it we'd never remove anything it might be nice and romantic to try but we never remove anything from what happened to us so yes it's been co-opted and appropriated and stolen like the land like when i hear gal gadot somebody says to gal gadot hey can you tell us a couple words in right. hebrew and so she says and yalla she says, yeah, sababa, sababa. No, right okay, it happens to me arabic on, the, word. on that one i agree
0: with you actually cuz i think it's just silly of her they they ask you for a hebrew or an israeli word and you say an arabic word she says it's arabic in that in that clip but that's i no told...
2: no she says yalla is arabic okay then she you ask her about sababa she says it's hebrew Okay. then she says yalla in hebrew and arabic yalla's not in hebrew and arabic okay i, I agree is an the arabic word.
0: i agree the language thing it's was just was, silliness yes exactly 100% that's the word I use. I said it's silly because there's, there's Hebrew, so don't say Hebrew is Arabic. The food, though, I mean, you're talking about chumas. I'm not saying that the Jews in Israel were not influenced by their neighbors. They, I mean, until recently, even after the state of Israel, there was much, much more interaction between the Arabs and the Jews. Even the Arabs in the West Bank and Gaza were able to travel freely. It was only because of the violence and the intifadas that those rules gradually, the wall was put up. I mean, that wasn't put. the wall was not put up in 1948. That was put up after the second intifada. So there was a lot more cooperation. Of course, there was influence. There's, there's like, you know, 400 plus million Arabs in the Middle East or or whatever you want to call it if the Middle East is not the right term and there are uh, 7 million Jews obviously they were influenced by their surroundings and by the dominant culture nobody's denying that there are also obviously a lot of Jews um, Israelis who Arabic was their native language and and they brought their Mm -hmm. food with them but I mean hummus, falafel, shawarma these things and yes they come from different areas Um, I I saw on Wikipedia that falafel came from Egypt and in Egypt it may have been influenced by something from India so maybe they stole it from India who knows but Mm -hmm. I mean I don't think you would say falafel, shawarma uh, Humus are uniquely Palestinian, right? Because, like you said, there's other countries, maybe they do a little bit differently, Syrian, Lebanese, Egyptian, sure. whatever, and it's not uniquely Muslim because the Christian Arabs in those places also have a right to the food. It nothing to do with religion. Oh, okay, so, but the Jewish Arabs
2: from those places don't have a right to those foods? No, the Jewish Arabs from those places... So I'm glad by the way that you're admitting that they're Arabs. There's yes, nothing the to Jewish, admit, yeah. The Ara- I mean it's it's, it's on sure Jews from those places were part of Arab culture. Again, it has right. nothing to do with religion. Okay. So the Arab, you know, the, the the Arab Jews, they spoke Arabic, they wrote in Arabic, they're they're Arabs culturally. So yeah. And by the way, a lot of the Arab Jews that live inside Israel now, they still have Arabic weddings. They play Arabic music because they're Arabs. I, I, yeah nobody's that's, denying that's, any of that uh, yeah but when
0: you ha- so why do they you, why are they not entitled the state, to eat their
2: food they can eat whatever they're, they're, they want yeah. that's not what this is about this is about a state and sort of a corp a corporate complex claiming ownership of these things they say I was on buses in Jerusalem and you see signs the that official says, snack of Israel the israeli yeah. national snack Okay, they're not saying it's not Palestinian. uh, Almost as Israeli. These kinds of things is what piss us us off. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think Palestinians have a monopoly on the food.
0: Right. I understand. It's about more than just the food. Obviously, if it was just the food, this would not be the the biggest issue. I just wanted to bring that out and and say that I think it could actually be said that it's anti Semitic to say that all other countries in the area and all other religions have a right to that food, but when Jews say that's their food also, in addition to the other.
2: you're the one talking but about Jews. Well, religion. Jews
0: are more By than just a religion. I'm Jews are more than just a religion. And even the Arab Jews, well, no, I'm happy to call the them. You're talking about
2: other religions. I mean, for instance, no one in the world, but there was a singer named Leila Murad. Okay. okay. She's an Egyptian singer in the forties. She was the most popular singer in the Arab world. Well, one of the most popular singers, She's a beautiful okay. voice. Some of the major Egyptian composers would compose for her. hmm she was Jewish. She was Egyptian, Cairo, Jewish. Mm -hmm. And people went to her concerts. This is in the 40s, okay? Went to her concerts, uh, 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 celebrated her, bought her albums. After Israel was established, things became a little bit more complicated, okay? And she had to, it was very, you know, people wanted to make sure that she was anti-Zionist and all that kind of stuff. And that's unfair, okay? But that happened. But before, before the creation of the state of Israel, nobody cared that she was Jewish. okay we, we've agreed there's she been better times and worse times for jews and arab part lands of arab culture so any any uh arab jews that exist in the state of course they have their culture and they're bringing with them and by the way it shows that Israel's not like some european bastion i don't know why israel still is part of like fifa europe and a lot of like well, european countries don't want to play sport.
0: them it's very simple they won't play them that's why
2: and maybe they don't want to play them because
0: they're on the answer the land oh, okay but you asked the question return. that's the answer <laughs>
2: Okay, fine, but I mean, Europe. Israel is not a European nation, other than it was created by Europe. Uh, oh, okay. right, exactly. But, well,
0: I'm glad you admit that it's not a European nation because that's the claim a lot of Palestinians of will make. He's European, Europe, European. European colonizers.
2: Okay, okay. Well, no, no. The people who created it are European. That's <laughs> for sure. I mean, we all can agree, right? Arab Jews were not part of the original Zionists. They weren't even part of the first Zionists that created the state. They didn't sign the Declaration of Independence. They were not part of any of that process. They came in the in the few years after. And by the way, we're not treated well. I mean, we all know now the open stories of Yemenis having their children stolen from them. I mean, this is like open stories now inside the state of Israel. So again, the notion, and there's never been anything other than a European head of state. So I mean, we understand, even though now they're the minority. So we understand also that Israel's had a sort of like, um, maybe politely say a Eurocentric uh uh, uh uh nature to it from the jump some some people might even say white supremacist nature from the jump but it has been i think that's offensive something-
0: to say it in those words if you want to say eurocentric they came from europe that's technically true they were fleeing persecution religious persecution so to call them white white nationalists is extremely offensive if you're talking about offensive well, they're
2: there i mean they were they were listen i teach race white and racial terms mean different things in different places in in palestine the European Jews are white in Europe. They might not have been white, but in Europe, they're white. They're white because they're seen in the same way. Arabs who have dealt with whiteness in other times have uh, 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 they seen in that same way as Europeans who came. Again, the notion of Europeans colonizing different parts of the world. I mean, that's not unique. But what makes it unique is the displacement. Again, all this comes at you. People want to understand something about Palestinians. It's very simple. We do not want to be displaced from our land. And we still remember, I mean, Jews remember where they came from 2000 years ago when they got kicked out by the Romans and after the Bar Kokhba revolt. And they say our roots still lie in Palestine after that, even though most of us, not all. Well, and not there was a continuous them, Jewish presence in. In, in that of land, wherever you want to call but it. The, but the, for instance, the Jews, of, the Jews of Europe say we came from Palestine, we were kicked out, but we came from there mm-hmm. and we want to stay. We're, we're recognizing our roots. Okay, fine. That's legitimate. Fine. No problem. So if you, if, if, if Jews didn't forget where they came from 2,000 years ago, well, we didn't forget where we came from 73 years ago. And we have as much of a right. You know, Edward Said was asked this question. Edward Said used to always call us Palestinians, the victims of the victims. And I agree with that. We are the victims of the victims. There's a lot of um, uh, 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 psychological things going on here that everybody is dealing with and everybody understands collectively and individually. Fine. And is there a Jewish claim to Palestine? Yes, of course there is. But is it a claim that trumps every other is a given by God? If you do that, then I guess that's the end of the conversation. We don't have to bring that into it. Yeah, no, agreed. Okay, so that would be the end of that conversation. But is it a claim that trumps, for lack of a better word, every other claim? Okay, and then allows you, because of the value of your claim, to kick out people and take their land and not let them return hopefully the answer to that no no. the answer is no that's why i think two states is the only fair honest solution there is no amount of fear of the other that can justify that claim and then again you cannot pretend like the fear of the other is again happens in a vacuum like are palestinians angry and sometimes out act out in violent ways yes but is, is that simply because they're Palestinian or they're Arab or they're Muslim? No. Be, it's because of what has happened to us. Is it right? No. Let me tell you something. If I was encountered with a kid, a teenager, who was a, who I knew was about to go stab someone on the streets, I would not want that kid to do it. I would grab him. I would grab him and make sure he didn't do it because his life and by the way, the lives of the people that he might have hurt, the settler or the soldier or any Jew that lives in Jerusalem or, or, or Palestine, is, is worth so much more than allowing that to happen. So I would grab him, but I don't condemn him. I don't say he he's, he's should go to hell. He's immoral. No, I understand what drove him to that. He shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't try to do it. It becomes my job then to tell everyone in the world why he was going to do that. What are the conditions that would push someone to that? You don't just say they're evil. No, it's not that simple, man. I mean, look, I didn't I've say that by the way. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. I've studied World War II. I understand why everybody in the Warsaw ghetto during the Warsaw ghetto operation uprisings Mm -hmm. smuggled guns into their apartments smuggled explosives into their apartments to fight the people that were coming after them I get it I understand in fact I might have joined them Mm -hmm. so you're comparing Israel to the Nazis I'm not comparing I'm not listen man Come on, let's not let's treat each other with some. No, but that is of, obviously like, something that people do. I'm asking you that I'm doing. not okay. comparing okay. Okay. anything to anything. But when people feel cornered and they feel like there is no hope, they act out in certain ways, just like Nat Turner, just like those in the Warsaw ghetto, just like any some Palestinians might do. And no matter how they act is never a justification for their oppression. And you don't start measuring oppressions. You don't start saying, well, the Holocaust is worse than happening with Palestinians, so we understand what those in the Warsaw Ghetto did, but what those in Palestine do is immoral. No, oppression is oppression, okay? Oppression is oppression. And and you say at the end of the day, let's end this oppression. And you hopefully you understand that ending the oppression and creating some circumstances of justice where people start to feel hope and they can actually build something in their lives and not be stopped at every turn by the state or discriminatory policies will then lead to a massive reduction in violence. I mean, come on now. Violence in America happens more in poor areas. Why? A lot of people in poor areas don't feel like they have a lot of hope and they turn to things that they shouldn't turn to. Okay, we don't say that people in America, uh, uh, crime in America, poverty is disproportionately black. As a result, crime is disproportionately black. We don't just jump to say, well, black people commit more crime because they're black. No, we understand the circumstances and try to change those circumstances. We don't just say they're doing understood, it who understood,
0: understood. Right? You said we don't want to compare one thing to another, but you keep comparing it to America, which is a totally different people, different situation, different culture. But okay, I understand what you're saying. I get your point. And again, we appreciate you sharing your views. I, I think we need to wrap up. Um, I'll just I'll just repeat again. Honestly, the way I would close is to say I, I really do um, appreciate and admire your your pride and your allegiance to to your community, and and I respect you, and I respect your viewpoints, and I, I really appreciate um, hearing your perspective on these things, and. And thank you. Thank you very much for for speaking with us.
1: Uh, well, Amer, it was a it was a real pleasure meeting you. This is I have to this is very different than any conversation I've ever had. Um, have you ever heard of Yossi Klein-Halevi? Yes. Have you read his book Letters to a Palestinian Neighbor?
2: Ex- excerpts, but never the whole thing.
1: OK, so what what I found really powerful about his book was and and You know, honestly, he grew up in a a similar world to to both me and Uri. Uh, He's a Jew from New York. And what he was trying to do was simply just say, like, look— I'm not trying to disregard your narrative. I want to share some of my narrative because I think it might be something that you've never heard and it gives you a different perspective. And that's honestly what I was hoping to get out of this conversation was kind of the opposite. I wanted to say, hey, look, this is someone who clearly cares a lot about where he comes from and I want to hear his narrative. I want to hear his his vision, both of the past and of the future. You know, selfishly, that's what I wanted, right? Me, Rifky. I think I got that. I think I got a really strong sense of where you're coming from. There are things that you said, probably Ari and I are in different places than this. There are things that you said that I really, really, really understand where you're coming from. There are things that I still don't... It's not even agree or disagree. I would want to understand more. But I feel like I got a lot out of this conversation. So thank you. I also... I feel comfortable saying that this conversation really devolved in other ways. I think maybe that there is <laughs> some uh, some strain there and some stress there. Um, but I feel like I learned a lot. And honestly, that's, on, when, that's why we do this podcast. We do this podcast to think about things differently, to challenge ourselves, to challenge others, to think about complicated ideas. Um, and I think we were able to do that. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Amir. It was really nice to meet you. I hope we get to meet up in person one day.
2: Sure. And you know, you can put the next part on your podcast if you want to or not want to. There, and I feel like in some places it devolved too. And frankly and Uri, I respect you, but frankly, it's because these talking points that come back, and even if they're even if you don't really know it, they come and they're extremely, extremely offensive and extremely, extremely bigoted to um, com, you know sort of lump us in with other people in the Arab world or to start talking about particular political, Conferences, as if that matters at all to the central question, which is a moral question, not a not a question of a political decision, a moral question of. I mean, and, and Ori, I'll just ask you straight up. Okay. Should my grandparents be able to go home? Should Palestinian grandparents who still live, refugees from 1948 who still live in their descendants, be able to go home, be able to go back to their homeland and try to build a life? If Jews from Europe who hadn't lived in Palestine for 2,000 years are able to go back and try to build a life in Palestine, then why can't Palestinians who were there 70 years ago? The only no answer to that has to come has to be racist in my point of view i don't understand why you, anyone could say no to that without an idea that's that centers jewishness on the land and doesn't recognize other claims equally
0: okay I, first of all well, i apologize I think, if I, I think
2: fear though i think
1: right fear okay no, listen feels like it's okay. Answer.
0: i apologize if i offended you I, I think equal things could be said in the other way i wasn't offended by anything you said but some of the things could have definitely been offensive to a jew and uh, to a zionist and israeli whatever that aside, do I want them to be able to return to their homes? Yes, I promise you, I do want them to be able to. Is it realistic? I don't think so. And if you call that racist, fine. I- I'm trying to be very, very honest. In an ideal world, I have no problem with them returning to their homes, and I want them to be there again. But is it is it possible? Is it realistic? Probably not. And that's why I think ultimately the the only fair um, conclusion. This is not we can't go back and forth on this. But I think the part- UN partition plan and the two state solution that's been talked about for decades. It's, it's a compromise, which means nobody gets everything they want. But that's the only thing I can see. And the UN said it. And many, many people on all sides have said this. It's the only thing that resembles a fair answer to this dilemma. And you might say it's simple. I don't think it's simple. I don't think anything. Most things in life are not simple. But that's what I think is the only possible fair solution in some form or another.
2: That's fine. So remove every settler.
0: Well, that's what uh, I'm not sure if the Palestinians want that. No, no, no. No one ever said that in a a two state solution, the two million Arab Israelis would have to leave. Nobody says that. So the two million
2: Arab. Come on, man. I mean, I mean, talk about comparisons. You're comparing the Palestinians who live for 500, 600 years in Nazareth and Haifa and Yaffa and still live there. You're 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 sort of like morally comparing them. To settlers in in the West Bank. I mean, you're getting into the details. You said
0: you don't want details. You just want big picture. A I, I, told, I told you the big That's picture. A I, I told settlements you, yeah. are illegal. I mean, well, you want,
2: I mean, settlements are illegal under international right. law. Right? I, I think they're, we'll they're, we'll have to like save, like like save that for sort of our, our, our next conversation. Guys, guys. We'll no, it's okay. You can take this off the podcast, but I really want to understand the morality of of people that I'm that I'm talking to and dealing with, because again, it 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 doesn't it, it none of these political things. Matter. One state, two states. I believe in one state. Okay, fine. Two states might work too. Fine. That's fine. I, I still think it would have problems, but whatever. But again, the notion that a Palestinian's right to return to their homeland is conditional is is problematic. Okay. Rights are not conditional, right? Every Palestinian who lives in Lebanon or Syria right now, who are stateless, who don't have And by the way, also hundreds of thousands who are live in the West Bank, who are from uh, inside Israel and in Gaza, who are from inside Israel. Tell me why the Palestinians of Gaza should not be able to go back to their village lands, many of them which are still there and empty or have been ruined, and try to rebuild those places, just like Jews built settlements in Palestine. I mean, to say no to that, even if you say it's based on fear, look, white people were afraid of black people. And they didn't give them rights based on that. But I mean, that's not a reason to not grant somebody their rights. And by the way, as long as they, and it's 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 a, it's a, a, a double-edged sword, right? It's a catch-22. As long as those people don't have their rights, yeah, you're going to be scared of them. And they might do things every now and then to make you fearful of them. But they're not doing it in a vacuum. Again, the only way you could say that Palestinians might do things every now and then, which again, is very, very small amount of things compared to the numbers of of people on the land, okay? The only way you could say that they were doing it with sort of like no reason at all is you'd have to just attribute it to to their religion or their race or something like that. Of course, things have happened to these people that make, to all the people, that make like one out of 100,000 act out every now and then. Okay, I, I, understand. I understand. I like understand your like questions. Jew and Jew hating, Jew hating, murderous people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, God, why? Even if Iran, do you know, Iran has a has a seat for a for a Jewish person in their parliament. If Iran were this Jew hating group of people, they could. There's Jews that live in Tehran. Yeah, I mean, they have you heard of a token? Find a Jew and kill him on the town square every week. Yeah, they don't the, do that. They're, they're tokens. Who they my,
0: are? Actually, my my wife's parents are r- religious refugees from Iran. Trust me, they don't treat their Jews well. I
2: promise. No, I didn't say well, but I'm saying if you if if you want if if you cast no, um they have problems of obviously. It, I, I Iran is is a a supremacist place too. Okay. What I'm saying, if they were if they were these murderous, Jew-hating people like they like Zionists make out all Arabs and all Muslims to be, then then things would be way worse than they are. In fact, Palestinians have been extremely peaceful. And our reaction to what has happened to us, the ethnic cleansing, the massacres of 40 villages, the bulldozing of 500 villages, the bombings of refugee camps in Lebanon and Syria and Jordan, the consistent, the bombing of an entire high rise apartment building in Gaza in May, Uh, entire high rise, the bombing of a building that killed 20 members of the same family in Gaza. This is fear, fear of that family, punishment for Hamas. I mean, come on. Okay. this is I understood. I get I get what you're saying.
0: I I understand. I understand. And there might there may be some irreconcilable differences here and that's okay.
2: Yeah. If you guys ever want to have a discussion like this again, I don't know. I don't know how this podcast is going to go (laughs) over with your listeners. Uh But um, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk about these things and hopefully and hopefully get us all to the point where we believe that no one has to behave for their rights Mm -hmm. and no one has to do anything to get their rights and that people who are from a certain place get to go back to where they're from it's really not okay I, I genuinely really hope that, that we
0: can get to a, a point where that is the reality and that is and everybody can no, i want to get to a point
2: where you believe that okay fine not where it's a reality
1: where <laughs> I, you believe I, I,
0: that fine okay I understood uh,
1: no uh, no not fine i think both of you are approaching this it, like neither of you are gonna win like guys neither of you are approaching this from a place of curiosity and openness that's not at true all. Ripkey, I, I don't I guys no, like I, come I will agree we're, with you we're adults I'm, here.
2: I'm I'll agree with you I'm not curious about about the sort of foundational things that that um that Zionism lies on I'm very familiar with them in fact here's the funny thing Palestinians Palestinians say all the time we don't equate Zionism with Jews why do we say that because we, it 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 brings itself up in our lives every day. So for instance, we have Jews who march with us. We have Jews who have died for our cause. We have Jews who are staunchly anti-Zionist and talk in that way. And so we we understand very clearly that Zionism is not the same thing as Jews and that you don't have to be, not all Jews are Zionists and you don't have to be a a Jew to even be a Zionist. We understand all of that very, very clearly. And and we come across every, we, we come in contact even if it's just through the state, with much, with every sort of facet of, of uh, Jewish, um, well, not every, but let's say many, many various facets of Jews and their relationship with the state of Israel. We come across it, we deal with it, even if it's just because we have to try to enter our homeland or we go and demonstrate or whatever. I tend to see the opposite is not true, that there is a lot of Jews, especially in America, who have not dealt with or met palestinians because we tend to be much more well i don't want to say because one thing that's true is we tend to be much more monolithic in our sort of general view on on palestine I mean, we don't have you know a sort of any significant number of palestinians marching with zionists on the street okay so there is not first there's not that contact so that doesn't come across i get it that many people in the jewish community might be curious and and here and there might be people listening to your podcast that maybe have never even heard a Palestinian speak, mm-hmm. especially maybe one without an accent mm-hmm. uh, in English, speaking about Palestine. But the opposite is not true. The opposite is not true. We deal with whether it's a Jewish person in a uniform telling us that we can't enter our homeland or a Jewish prime minister saying that there will never be a state of ours or uh, a, a, a Jewish person marching with us and speaking at our rallies. So we that interaction for us. That's why I say I'm not curious. Our that interaction for us happens all the time. And there is not the reason I rolled my eyes a lot, and maybe people on the podcast won't see, but I, I can guarantee I was <laughs> you rolling can, my eyes. I,
1: I don't think, think anyone's going to be shocked by
2: that. <laughs> the reason I was rolling my eyes a lot is because Uri did not say one thing that I haven't heard a hundred times from other people who are supporters of Israel on one side of the spectrum or the other. Not one talking point. Okay, and I, I, you, I didn't before.
0: hear anything new from you either, like, over even. What do you want me to say?
1: Amr, um, I will just say, I will just say, I think there there was a lot of uh, language that you use, which is very normal, and we all do this all the time. There was a lot of language that you used of Zionists say this, Zionists say that, all Zionists, blah, 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 blah. And... I consider myself a, a very strong Zionist. I believe very strongly in what I consider Zionism. And I don't believe those things. And I know a lot of people who don't believe those things. So I think that there was a, a conflation there.
2: Do you believe in a Jewish majority in a, in an Israeli state?
1: There, I, oh, if we could go with some. I, well, I mean, I,
2: it's just a yes or no, and then there might be a follow-up after that. Do I but believe do in
1: believe,
2: a Jewish? In other words, do you believe that, like, an Israeli state, a Zionist state, should maintain it, you know should have a jewish majority and therefore probably have you know policies that maintain a jewish majority is that important to the survival of a zionist state or zionism in your view
1: I believe in a jewish state in the ancestral home of the jewish people
2: okay does would that have to include a jewish majority
1: <laughs> i don't feel strongly enough that I know the answer with certainty, like uh, my instinct is to say yes. And then I'm like, well, what would it look like with other alternates? So I don't even feel like a thousand percent confident in saying yes, but I think so.
2: OK, I mean, and, and do you understand how, um, you know, saying that you believe in a any sort of ethnic majority, but it's, let's just say a Jewish majority in Palestine or or Israel, wherever you call it, where, of course, there's other people and had have been other non-Jews for centuries and millennia is discriminatory yeah that that belief in and of itself is discriminatory yes okay and like and and morally you're okay with that
1: i'm not sure what you mean by okay with that do i feel pretty icky about it and does it make me uncomfortable yes do i think that maybe my zionism my, my belief in it over meaning like i think all of us feel contradictory things all the time is this something i feel that is somewhat contradictory that i'm not sure how it lives within me I would say yes, like that is confusing and difficult for me, and yet both things are true, and I believe both things to be true.
2: And and I and I assume if somebody proposed a law in America that said, "Hey, we have to maintain a white majority," that you'd be on the streets marching against it with me. I assume, and uh that's the problem, right? I mean, like in America, I'm not
1: disagreeing with anything you're saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right, everything right. you're saying. No, yeah.
2: Look, I mean, in in America, if if universities and um, arms of the state started putting out studies and 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 warnings about the demography of the state changing, and the demography of the state in America is changing, it's getting browner sure. every day. White people are going to be a minority by 2042, and a lot of them are not happy about it. But if 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 the state and arms of the state started putting out things to saying, hey. This country is becoming less white, and we have to make sure we take measures to fight against that. Or a politician came out on election day and said, hey, I need all the white people to come and vote because the black people are voting in droves, as Netanyahu said about us. I assume that we would all condemn that unequivocally and unconditionally. So the question is, why can't we look at it the same way? in Israel where those things are happening sometimes much more explicitly than they're happening in well much more explicitly than they're happening in America it's the it's the stated policy of the state to maintain a jewish majority why can we not look at that and say wait a second that's messed up that's wrong and there is no zero justification for that no amount of fear no amount of bad behavior on the other side there is no justification no one would stay with a straight face we have to keep a white majority in this country uh because black people are committing a lot of crime nobody would accept that with a straight face and so we shouldn't accept that about palestinians who we all agree it seems are from there not invaders not foreign they're from there
1: i I I hear i hear what you're saying and Here I'll say it. And I agree that it's very complicated. I'm not I'm not trying to to simplify it or sum it up in two words. I think that there is very intense and very legitimate connection that you and other Palestinians have with the land that goes back not only two generations, but 10 generations. That is very legitimate and must be contended with. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And I also think, right, it's a yes and, and I also think that the Jewish connection to the land did not appear, and that doesn't mean we should punish Palestinians for it. These are all things that we have to just deal with and figure out. But we also, not just Israelis or, you know, anyone who could trace their lineage back literally generation by generation, all Jews have a very, very, very intense thousands and thousands year old connection to the land of Israel, and that legitimacy is important. Those are the the facts on the ground. And now seeing where we go with it, I don't feel like I have a great answer. It sounds like you feel like you know what the answer is, and that's awesome. I don't know. I, I really don't know.
2: I'm much less concerned with what the answer would be in the future than what the answer has been so far. And what the answer has been so far is that the state, the Israeli state, has had explicit ongoing policies of giving more rights to Jews than non-Jews and expelling Palestinians from their land. I mean, it's it was it's yeah. celebrated every May 15th I, 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 that they kicked with out you a million every- Palestinians.
1: I mean, that's not what's celebrated, but yes, it is true and it is a problem and Jews messed up and Israelis messed up and we must contend with that and we have to figure out a way to fix it. I am a Kabbalah with all, sorry, <laughs> that was Hebrew. Okay. I, I am I'm with you on everything that you just said. All of that I think is a thousand percent true. I just don't feel as confident in like, okay, so the right answer is X, the right answer is Y. The right answer is complicated and has to include legitimacy towards all the people who have that real connection to the land.
2: Yeah, but is the right answer conditional? In other words, are, are pal- is, is a Palestinian's right, a Palestinian refugee in Lebanon or Syria or Jordan or the West Bank or Gaza Strip who are citizens of nowhere? Okay. Forget about the refugees like my dad who got a PhD and they did well for themselves and they got a citizenship. He's probably not going to go back. And live. there are a lot of people not going to go back and live there. But right. Palestinians who live in Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, West Bank, Gaza, whose economic conditions are very bad. their state, they're, they're citizens of nowhere. It seems like you're recognizing that they have a connection to Palestine, obviously. And they they but is their right of return conditional upon anything?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a really hard question. I, I, I really don't know. Okay, and I, I think, for, I think for people to say it's easy no. feels. Uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I just I don't think it's a simple no. I don't think it's a simple yes, either. I think it's hard.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, it, to me, ultimately. Let, that's not to say there wouldn't be problems if everyone came back there might be a lot of problems there might be capacity problems although israel seems to have no capacity problems whenever any jews want to come back but okay fine but there might there might be capacity problems there might be problems with can the state handle all oh that's fine but these are problems worth dealing with in order to grant people their sort of inalienable rights i mean again that's why i say the rights aren't conditional upon anything i'm not saying that there wouldn't be couldn't be some logistical problems if every palestinian or every palestinian is not gonna come back anyway but let's say two or three million came back to the state i mean i bet you if two or three million jews immediately rose up and said hey we all want to come back to israel that israel would find a way to make it happen okay well well, they did with
1: with the arab refugees right they increased the 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 population increase in the mid-1950s was like i don't know by a third or something like that and it almost ruined the economy but they made it work that, that was right. a priority and, for the state and and they today they're work. probably
2: much more prepared to make it work and so you know again the question ultimately is a very simple question are do these people have these rights and are their rights conditional i'm not i'm saying very clearly and i've said it i think seven or eight times here which would probably not you know uh, surprise a lot of people jews have a connection to the land as much of a connection as anyone else but not Again, I don't measure these things. Not a connection that I'm willing to say is more or less than anybody else's, and not a connection that allows anybody to displace people. It's simple. It's really, right. not, it's really not It's simple.
1: Well, the, the Torah, the, the Bible says that explicitly, right? That the land of Israel belongs to the Israelite people. But if the Israelite people act immorally, the land doesn't belong to them. That, that there's a condition upon living in the land of Israel, and that is to behave as God's people. So that, you know, you you got that. Well, I mean, I'm not making
2: a, I mean, I'm not a rabbi and I'm not making a religious argument. (laughs) But Jews Jews as a people, historically, obviously have a connection to Palestine. And so is that connection as much as anybody else's? Sure. But is it a connection that allows you to make a state that say Jews get rights that other people don't? Of course not. Of course not. Okay. I, I understand. I get it. I get I get, get to return. Yeah. Of course not.
0: I, I get your point. By the way, I'll just say like you said it was offensive when I compared Palestine to other Arab countries. I think it's also offensive when you c- compare America to Israel and the policies of civil rights and, and black people in America to the Palestinians in Israel. I think it's a very not equal analogy. And I, so I don't think that's a fair analogy. And I, I would say that that's offensive in the same way that you were saying the other way was offensive, just to put that out there.
2: You're 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 offended that I compared Jim Crow laws to laws of Israel. Yeah, I mean, first of
0: all, Jews are not white. They're, they're, even if you want to say the the ones who come from Europe are, there's the... There's, well, forget about white or not okay, white. Okay, right. So that sort of makes Jews it sound like Jews. when you're saying there's white, black in America, there's white, black in it. Like, it's just not a fair... No, no, no. There's context, there's history...
2: No, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I'm it's saying not a good that, analogy.
0: It's not a fair analogy. I'm saying
2: that, Jim, no, it's a fine analogy. Jim Crow, I mean, apartheid is another good analogy that South Africans make all the time. There's one group of people and another group of people. It doesn't matter whether this one's white and that one's black or this one's green and that one's blue. But if one of them has more rights granted by the state than the Understood. other understand. I get it. I understand your point. That's yes. called Jim Crow. That's called apartheid. You know, we have a name for those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And there's roads in the West Bank that only Jews can drive on. There are laws that say these laws only apply to Jews. I mean, like, that's not a, that's not a, um, that's not up for contention. I understand your point. exist. And so, and so if, if the, if the sort of answer as to why these things exist is fear, well, where does that fear come from? Or where does, where does the fact that the other people occasionally might act out come from? The actions of the state. I mean, you just can't. You well, can't I mean, say there was violence slavery. before the there's, state existed. There, also, you can't. You can't say. You can't say there's Jim Crow because black people sometimes act out because they're mad at Jim Crow. Like you can't. <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't work. The, the The party in power has an obligation to treat people equally. And then you deal with the problems. You don't say we're not treating people equally because there's problems. It just doesn't. I mean, understood. It just doesn't Under, work like that. I, I got it. Yeah,
1: we're gonna, all right. You guys are to welcome to this. Dearborn I mean, anytime. Yeah, thank you. I, happy, so happy there, to I wanna, take you out for
2: some uh, good Arabic food. <laughs> and uh, hookah sounds delicious. Anytime you <laughs> you'll find that you'll find that in Dearborn, this bastion of uh, of uh, of Arabs and Muslims, that you will walk around and feel completely safe at mm-hmm. all times great
0: i would love to visit
1: it's probably freezing there right now we'll wait a few months
2: okay no problem all right right. okay take care great to meet
1: you amir Amir. bye all right bye-bye all right thanks amir
0: That's the episode hopefully next week and in future weeks we'll maybe process that discuss it a little bit more but we're not gonna spend time now going back and, and rehashing anything and, and clarifying anything like as you said in the beginning this was yes we we devolved uh, in some ways and it turned into a debate in, in some ways but that wasn't really uh our, not that that's a problem but our, our main goal was was to have amir on and to hear his perspective and i think we did hear his perspective and we, we, I appreciate that. I think Riffey appreciates that. I hope our listeners appreciate that. And if there were times during the conversation where you were wanted us to pipe in, well, what about this? What about that? You know, I tried a little bit of that. It didn't go super well. But that's fine. <laughs> like, uh, it's okay. Like, that, that. wasn't Again, like, it wasn't the purpose of this. Right. And, and everybody has their own opinions, their own sources. And, and we will include some links. Obviously, it's infinite how, what kind of sources and research can be done on this. And uh, that's all I, you know, could say about. That's a about good idea. That.
1: We should also ask Amer for specific uh, recommendations for books mm-hmm. or for articles or you know things for people to watch uh, that specifically. And to his more stuff, he has, he has a
0: blog, he has a website, he has a YouTube page. We'll include yes, of all course. of that, and listeners are are welcome to to explore and, and look into yeah. all of his stuff.
1: Yeah, and as, as Ari said, we want to kind of like process this more and be able to talk about this a little bit more next week because this was so much. So I'm sure that people listening have a lot of thoughts. Please, please, please share them with us. Be in touch with us. Shoot us an email, at gmail.com, And of course, join the conversation on our Facebook page, Talking Podcast.
0: Thanks as always to Drive-In Productions. They're the sponsor of this week's episode. And thank you to Triple Threat Trio featuring Rage Brigade, they are the official band of Talking Tachlispodcast.
1: Bye, everyone. soon. Oh,